0: Cool. We're recording, so we were just having a conversation about straps, and this is primarily as a result of my um my failed RDL sets, which is the only workout video I've recorded in in four months, and it had to be the one where everything went wrong. (laughs) So we were just talking about the fact that essentially we we've played around with with different straps, and and Keiths used like the figure of eight ones, and had a night absolute nightmare with those was it which pool session was that when you like you gave them a shot was that like a pull?
1: yeah I actually had um the 285 for five and then the following week was 290 for five and that was excellent and then it was the week after that that I done um I just went straight for 300 and it felt like I'd pulled straight away, but it felt like 10 seconds before the the weight had even moved off the ground. And instantly it was just, you just knew it was not going to happen. And then as well, like when I tried to do like dead stop for my back offset, I kept losing the position with the straps. Do you know what I mean? Like one hand would end up over here and the other one was like still in position. It was, yeah. So I just cut it straight
0: off then. Have you had any nightmares with straps, George? Never really.
2: I once was in the gym and the owner, she offered me one of the, the hook ones. So I thought, you know, what, let's try and give it a go. Oh, I don't know what you call them. They're like, they've got, yeah, almost like that, um, where you kind of hook it underneath the, the, the actual barbell itself. And I just, I, I tried it and I just, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't, it's just something I couldn't get used to. It didn't feel comfortable. I just didn't feel safe doing it. It just felt weird, um pulling that way so I just stick to the normal the normal straps I've never had any problems though luckily nothing's ever snapped
1: yeah I've been the same like I've never had any um snap really but no nah. can't imagine it's a nice feeling anyway just- well, the
0: thing is the thing is I knew it was going to snap because mm-hmm. it was already like you know halfway kind of broken but I didn't have any others and of yeah. course when it's like sentimentally attached to a certain strap you just use it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I kind of went down for the second rep and I knew I absolutely knew that it was going to go. And so I almost prepared myself for it. So I almost like put more tension on the side where I knew that it was probably going to hold so that I could like start to let it down because otherwise, and I already had my leg out of the way, but um, the, the good thing I actually like uh, uh, upon the set finishing, I was like, thank God that didn't hit my leg because I've had, and I see it with some of your sets sometimes, Keith, and I'm like, fuck hell, please don't do that. <laughs> where I aggressively dumped a bar yeah. and it caught like my upper thigh and above oh. my knee. And <laughs> yeah, mate, that was not good. I couldn't do anything for a long, I couldn't even walk properly for a long time. Yeah, like I couldn't RDL wow. for about three months because the swelling above my above my knee, I couldn't, you know, the, the bar path of an RDL mm. where it comes Across basically across your upper thigh down, I I just couldn't do it because it would hit. It would hit like the bruise, and it was so swollen. I thought I'd fuck my bodybuilding career as well because I thought like I'd I'd have like visible like inflammation above my knee. And um, still, even 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 in off season now, when I have more fluid above my kneecap, there's still a little bit more fluid in one side versus the other because of like the scar tissue. But when I'm on stage, you just can't see shit. So I was lucky.
2: I was gonna ask, do you guys use the like longer straps? Like I've used some longer straps where I have to wrap it around the bar a little bit more. Do you like
0: using the shorter straps?
1: AJ, what do you use?
0: Uh, I I think I just use the just standard length. is it?
1: it's like um I the ones well I the, the ones that I use are the um they're like Thor heavy duty straps or something like that. They're called the yellow and black ones. And I do believe that they are a little bit longer, but I always find that I'll wrap it around twice and there'll always be a big bit hanging. Do you know what I mean? I'll never wrap it around to the point where it's like in in somewhat like a fat grip kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I just want to know that I'm attached to the bar and that's really it kind of thing. So it'll always go around like, it'll probably just be the equivalent to your normal lens straps by the time that I wrap it around. Do you know what I mean? -hmm. Um, But they're really the straps that I've always used. And like, I'm still on the first pair that I've had for probably...
2: Decent few a year now, anyway. So, do you sense. use um, thumbless grip or do you wrap your thumb round? Hey, thumb my round thumb's always
1: I'm always hey, like thumbs over. I, I, I can't hold a I can't hold anything oh. for shit like normal.
2: See yeah, I do that? I That's so strange because I was the exact same. I, I used to hook uh-huh. my round yeah. like that, but now I I put my my thumb under. Oh uh, no! hold on to It feels so much better for me. I don't know why. I <laughs> know. can't do
0: it the other way now.
1: What about what about
0: what about with what about with like pull downs and stuff? Are you thumbless on pull downs, Keith?
1: Mm, It depends. I'll do I'll do thumbless if I'm using my straps. If I end up doing a set with no straps, I'll always do like a normal grip. Okay. And and like a a bent over row as well. Like a bent over row would be thumbless. Most things really. Um, But definitely a deadlift because I feel as if I can get much tighter with the straps rather than have to worry about holding onto the bar and also holding like onto the straps as well kind of thing yeah. i just I, I just really feel it like uncomfortable so,
0: so how things are how things are going for you at the moment in general keith like where's body weight at and i know that you got like a little bit sick recently you don't ever sort of comment too much about it but nah. um, you got a little bit sick
1: um it was like I dropped like six five six pounds overnight because I was like keeping track of my scales like the scale weight every single morning just to kind of make sure that like I'll go through a phase where I'll want to know what my weight is at and what it's at like not just one day and then weigh myself two weeks later and see if it's the same kind of thing I want to know where really I am at and I don't know it was like I, it wasn't COVID or anything do you know what I mean it was like it was like a really bad man flu kind of thing. And like, I suffer from like migraines and that. And it just floored me. Like I got up one morning and it was, it was, it was actually one morning that I was dropping the car off. I was getting something done to the car and I came home and I literally just fell asleep on the couch and woke up and, oh man, I was awful. Like <laughs> migraine was so bad. And you just, I just wanted to sleep, no appetite, nothing. And then it was the following morning that, I I'd woke up and I was still feeling the same and obviously out of curiosity I jumped on the scales and it was like five point something pounds down so stinking but don't get me wrong it, it's back now like it's back now um, I'm fluctuating really between like two two 222 and 224 um, and that's like obviously in the morning out of bed toilet and then jump on the scales so that's like a an okay kind of place because even like last off season and that I would really need to be like a good few meals in to see anything like that on the scales to be consistent anyway. Um, so yeah, everything's going. Everything's going okay now. Like I, I'm glad that that's passed, but it's like I don't usually get ill often, but when I do, it just fucking kills me. Like it, it, it ends me.
2: So it's literally the exact same as me in this past week. Like this year, I feel twice and the last time I I remember being ill was like 2018
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um and this past week I I woke up in the morning and I just had like a really just a bunged up nose and just like straining around here and up here I was thinking that so
0: many times fucking sign and I was
2: like I don't want to do anything today that was the first thing I thought about um so I tried to obviously do my normal routine and I, I know if I'm not looking forward to my first meal I know there's something wrong and Mm -hmm. this past week that first meal has just been you know it's taken me about half an hour 45 minutes to be in it's only two bagels a tin of beans and a a packet of salmon you know it's not like (laughs) I'm eating masses amount it's it's fairly straightforward quick easy meal Mm -hmm. it's it's, it's been it's been doing I I don't know And then that sort of went away my appetite was still slightly down and then it sort of transferred into like a stomach bug which Again, I had about five, five, six weeks ago I had a stomach bug and I picked up another one again this past week and it's just really thrown me off, especially with the appetite. Like if I'm ill at the moment in terms of even having a cold cough or even just a, a little bit of an upset stomach, my appetite just goes to the shit and I'm literally like forcing it in, um, which sometimes is, is, is quite bad, I must admit, but I don't want to be you know, losing weight. It took me a couple of weeks to regain what I lost Uh, when i was ill the first time round, and i just don't want that especially at this point now because it affects so much sessions like i actually you know we spoke about midweek aj and i listened to what you said i took that wednesday off i took the uh, the tuesday off sorry i took the wednesday off as well and i trained today and just through being ill over the past couple of days that session took a hit like today's session was very very average it took a bit it took a massive hit (laughs) So man. it's it's yeah, it's just one of those ones where there's not much I can really do about, but um sorry the dog started to bark. The <laughs> dog, dog fucking barks. Um yeah, so it just fucking ruins everything, man. It's so annoying, it really is annoying.
0: I feel like I've been on a, a moderately lucky run because there's been a few people getting sick and I've managed to not get sick really at all. I've, I've had little things for sure, like little niggles and little issues like when my neck gets really tight especially from work like I just get really really bad like headaches that just really throw my whole day off to be honest like I can't focus for work and then when I get into the gym I just feel clammy like I can still train but you know you just feel like almost like pressure in your head mm-hmm. um I get them from not having relief through like my traps and my scapula and then it affects my press stability and So I've had little things like that. Um, but besides that, luckily enough, I think honestly think just not being around other people has helped me quite a bit because staying in a, you know, a normal environment where I'm not, you know, going near other people in the gym all the time. Like last winter, I got, I got sick so many times. I got sick like three, four times before I started prep. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I do kind of get a little bit nervous about going back to the gyms and then being around all everyone else's germs when you haven't built any resilience to that over the last three months. Especially but, we haven't had a vaccine yet. Like, yeah, no vaccine. So, yeah. And I'm even worried when I
2: get the vaccine, am I going to be ill again? Because some people have had, you know, symptoms from just getting the vaccine. I'm sitting here thinking, fuck, am I going to get any symptoms? Is that going to throw me off for the next couple of days or so? I've already been thrown off twice this year already. It's just... yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just shit, really.
1: That's, that's like, one of the things, like, everybody that you seem to hear who's getting the vaccine has end up getting, like, two days afterwards is just going, like, down. Like, my mum got the, my mum got her first one. And, I, like, I, the day she got it, you just kind of started, like, it was as if, like, she started deteriorating, like, as the day went on. And then the next day, she was just, couldn't do a single thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, yeah. like, seeing that is, like, making me think, like, I don't want it now. Like, I don't. I don't want to fucking go through that. Yeah. Um, but even at that, like a lot of people I think have been coming down with um symptoms afterwards. So it's it's scary.
0: Yeah, for sure. Your latest shots are looking very good, Keith. That side chest you put up the other day looked <laughs> tremendous. Mm-hmm. Look like that was um looked like you're in a really good spot.
1: I think this is probably like the kind of best shape that I've been throughout my off season. Um because not like not that I get completely out of shape, but I would just be a bit fatter. Um, but I'm trying to like get to a decent body weight as well as holding somewhat of like decent shape. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm i have not got like the fear of getting fatter or anything. Like I will put on weight, but at the same time, I want to still be in a good position. Like I don't know, I still don't know if I'm competing this year or not, or what's happening, kind of thing. So as long as like. Um, Training-wise, as long as it's doing what it needs to be doing and is going very well, then the look and everything um, is just gonna have to like. I'm just I'm trying to keep it as decent as possible. That was probably one of the worst sessions ever yesterday as well.
0: I like this shot. This is the best I've ever seen your side chest. It looks tremendous. It looks it's so um, fucking good. That that's what, what, what I'm do- searching for. Like that. Like I need that. I need so much more there. That's where you've got such slabs of tissue, man. It just looks it just looks so good in a side chest. Um, Thank
1: you. Thank you. The only thing I like about that shot is it looks like I've got calves.
2: Hey, yeah. <laughs> do you ever, keep? Yeah. do you ever on that shot, do you ever um, crunch down your abs a little bit or do you like posing? Nah,
1: I try and like, I, I feel as if if I try and crunch down my abs, I'll lose a lot of chest. Um, so I'll come together too much rather than open up. I feel as if I, if I can open up, i look bigger. Um, if I crunch down, I just it's as if, like, well, it really is what it is. Like, I feel as if i become smaller. Um, and I, the shot's a lot smaller. So, you
2: yeah, I've, um, I've, I've never pulled mine like that. I must admit, I've always crunched down on my abs. But, yeah. obviously, in an off-season, the midsection is never going to look the greatest when you're putting away a ridiculous yeah. amount of food, regardless. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. nothing, never going to look great. But um i'm definitely going to try that next time just see what it looks like because it does you know that's the biggest thing i i learned is just kind of filling in the gaps with these poses so especially a lot of people they have when they do the side chest they have a massive gap between you know the what what can we say like almost like the this gap so if i do a side chest here like this arm bit would have a massive gap between there and it just yeah just doesn't look good so just yeah that's like yeah that's
1: like one of the, the other things as well like I used to always when I used to hit a side chest, I would try and open up like my midsection, but at the same time I would try and like overcompensate this side, so I would come over too much. Whereas when I started putting this shoulder down and try and keep my chest up, then everything just looked a little bit more like kind of symmetrical as well. See, like the the, the left shot, how yeah. Yeah. my left like obviously the far away chest is trying to kind of that shoulder is trying to come over. Um, whereas like the shot on the right, it's all down and it looks like. A little yeah. bit more balanced, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. such a small thing as well. Like that—that that can change so much.
2: Hundred percent, massively. Yeah. Glutes, glutes. Yeah, <laughs> the glutes. So I'm, I'm just, just looking at that exact thing. The <laughs> density in the legs is I'm just at the glutes. Do you do any direct glute work, uh, Keith? Nah, none at all. No. No. Nah.
1: Oh. I'll <laughs> do like the the closest thing that I'll do for uh. things like that. will just be like my. um Things like barbell mm. um, lunges, uh, dumbbell split squats, and post squats. That's really the only things that I can I can think of that I'll get drive out of my glutes anyway.
2: Well, um, whilst squatting, do you use a lot of your glutes? Or you, it's, a, it's quite a wide stance, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So, well, and like
1: good. really, only with paused, um I would probably use more glutes just to get me out of the hole. Um, I think that's the only bit that I'll contract. But like the, that kind of small. Tiny bit at the very bottom, but even at that, nah. Yeah.
2: Like, These are very, good. very, very good.
0: I think there's something to be said to get, like, just getting stronger at a squat for, for the glutes, though. I think a lot of, like, Ben Howard says he does, like, no direct glute work and focuses on just squat patterns and hip hinges, and he has some of the thickest glutes I've ever seen. He's not done a single hip thrust in his life, I don't think. I mean,
2: until 2020, I actually didn't do, I mean, my glutes have never been too bad in terms of the actual size of them. I think I've got just genetically quite bigger glutes, but before even my, my 2019 contest prep, I didn't really do a lot of glute work. I must admit, I don't do, I didn't do nowhere near as what I do now. So I'm hoping that's going to improve hopefully. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you've never done glute work, but you still got, even just when you're shredded like this, your glutes look great, mate. This
1: was one of the, yeah. like, this is one of the 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 hardest things that I find is, like, with them shots anyway, it's, like, the sticking, like, sticking your glutes out rather than, like, bringing them in, do you know what I mean? Like, the way that you could look at, like, a shot like that is, obviously, like, it is shredded, but at the same time, it's, so an outsider would look at, say, for instance, you tucked your glutes, you would be a lot, you would look a lot more shredded just because, obviously, it's, like, see, like, yeah, like, Something like that. Um, I don't even know of this.
0: I'll sh- I'll find one with you tucking them.
1: Yeah, it's like um, obviously it just you could say it looks more as like aesthetically pleasing, but I think that was one of the hardest things was knowing whenever I turn like to the rear is known that when I'm hitting a back double bicep, I am contracting like I am the the mind the connections there with my glutes to be able to stick it out, but obviously like connect with them really well. That was the, the the biggest thing I struggled with, like, um, last year. Anyway, um, no, the year before last year. Keep forgetting we're in twenty twenty one. Um, but I mean, just connecting with them.
2: With the with the BMBF, obviously, when I competed in in the BNBF, that's what uh, I got marked down for the the scared dog almost. Right, you know, right, right, right. Um, tucking the glutes because I, I, and I understand it because you work so hard to get those glutes in. You know, like it's yeah. probably... For me, one of the, the proudest things to be dug out is definitely the glutes. Like you work extra hard. Most people work, you know, extremely hard to get them dug out. So you want to represent that on stage. But obviously, with different federations, you know, a lot of people like the difference between the UK DFBA and the BNBF. Mm-hmm. The UK DFBA like the scared dog, they like the tucked glute look. The BNBF, not so much. They, they like the more relaxed. And I can understand why, because, you know, the feedback I got, look, it, it does generally, when, when you don't tuck your glutes in, it does show more flow in the back you know it does show a bit of a ratio in terms of bringing in the waist as well um but i i like i like tucking the glutes in you know i like showing off that i think that's a really good i i yeah i I just don't yeah i'd I'd love to be able to do
0: it in bf and not get marked down for it mm -hmm, i think you can use it smart if you if you use it as transitions like so if you yeah if you're going through a quarter turns and maybe just before you hit like a you know, the rear relaxed, you, you tuck them just to show that you've got that level of conditioning and then you, mm-hmm. and then you pop them back out because I think what keeps is trying to say is like how hard it is to try and contract them whilst they're in that posteriorly tilted position. And it is like, it's like, it, it's almost impossible. Like two people that I think can do it quite well is Dave and Mark, like Mark Claxton as well. I think they both do it quite well. Like obviously Dave's glutes are just ridiculously massive as well. So it helps, but as you can see, like his glutes look like he's like, they look cross frustrated all the way up Mm -hmm. because it looks like he's contracting them in, but he's not like his hips are tilted back, but he's still got like that slight bit of tension on them. Um, So I can see, I can see why I can see why it looks good because when I tuck mine, which I I did for my Italy show, it completely narrows off my entire back um, and I lose shape. So, I gain like a bit of a more conditioned look, but I lose loads of shape. Like Mark in this pose is like slightly on them. Again, it's just about having muscle density there, isn't it? Really, so that you can sort of tilt those hips back and still contract them a little bit and then they look like they're feathered.
2: It's just getting them dug out as well. Like (laughs) if you want them straight like that, they need to be dug out. Yeah. Um, Because we see so many times you can just relax your glutes and they just look fucking like a soggy mess. Mm-hmm. yeah and then you don't want that on stage that's for sure speaking of mark absolute madman some of the stuff that he does as well oh he's ridiculous <laughs> crazy yeah. it does, does does it ever make you wonder like when we look at some of obviously the the best naturals and and what they do in terms of training do you ever sit there and just reevaluate, like what am i doing
0: like, oh massively if, mate.
2: like following sort of the, i do. <laughs> you know, the low volume, um, high frequency approach. Then you watch Rich Gazeki go in and do four sets of 15 reps on a hack squat and don't stop until you can't do another rep. I sit there and think
0: if I, if I did that, would I have better results? I, I don't Rich, know. Rich is quite in and out, though. And he's, he's obviously training body parts at a once per week frequency. Yeah. So his sessions are very, very quick. Very, very quick. Um, But the volume is, is, is absolutely absurdly high. Like for me, that's that stimulus that I got out of training with him once. Like I was in bits for two to three weeks because it's such a novel stimulus. Obviously your body would get used to that at some point, but then I think personally, at some point your, your ability to actually overload that, that workout is just gonna, is just gonna get so, so tough. Mm. Like, you know, obviously, keep you train with a bro split, but still, you like, especially recently, you know, since like we discussed your whole squats and 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 everything like that, you've brought your volume even further down, haven't you? Like, typically, you'll you'll auto regulate whether you do a second set on your deads and squats now, won't you?
1: Yeah, past few weeks anyway, on deadlifts, deadlifts especially has only been one set, so that's been like the fives from like. 290, 295, and 300 and then squats. I have done a back offset. Um when what did I do? I don't when I first touched the 270 and I done it for the three. When I came off it, I never felt like don't get me wrong, like the the 270 felt fucking horrendously heavy, but when I came off it, I never felt like completely broke. And it was a case of right. I need to do kind of, I need to do something else. I need to do like another kind of set. So obviously I just backed off them. But last week when I done the 270 for five, I only done that one set. And then I've started doing like an extra set. I've started, So like I've started doing um, two full working sets into like maybe a rest pause set on the leg press. Um, and then if I'm doing like stiff leg deads, I'll only do one set. And then it'll be between two and three sets on things like um, extensions, and obviously, like, lunges and things like that, so.
0: With with your extensions, and, and Carlson, something that I've noticed recently is, like, do you, do you treat them as, like, purely, like, a very much a mind-muscle connection kind of exercise? Like, you don't obsess over trying to, like, pin the stack with more weight and, you know, add a 20-kilo plate to the stack? Cause I, don't, I don't know how much load you're using, but the leg extension you're using can't be that heavy.
1: No, it's um. So it's a it's a, a it's a hoist leg extension. So like the the stack is like I could probably stack it for like maybe between fifteen and twenty reps for a decent set. Anyway, like I always focus on obviously like a really good mind to muscle connection. Obviously at the very top, like I'll I'll focus on taking like between two and three seconds at the top. And then like the eccentrics will be very slow, but to the point where I am able to drive it up very, very hard and uh, the exact same again, contract every single rep. Um, so really the sets will stop when I can't obviously complete like a full rep. And then what I'll do is usually I would maybe go into something like partials, So between maybe like six and 12 partial reps, just to kind of like finish the quads off completely. Um, especially like when I'm myself and I can't get forced reps. Um. Like I'm a very big advocate of like four reps on something like a leg extension. Um so if I can't take anything like that, then I'll just pretty much go into partials or do something like a drop set, um, where I know. But even at that, like half the time I notice, like, say for instance I am doing the stack and I'll drop it like halfway. It I'm maybe only taking like between six and eight reps if I'm lucky on a drop, because it's still you're that kind of like decked from your your top set and the quads are just like fried but I think it's just like up here I know that like I don't know it's like it keeps up here saying if I do like a drop set or something like that I would rather do like a drop on I think like a leg extension rather than like a rest pause because if I've done a rest pause on a decently heavy weight I would I, I'd fuck it up so I would I think I would take like two reps or something and yeah. I don't know I like I, on on a leg extension, I like my reps to be decently high. Do you know what I mean? I would never bring bring it down anything lower than like maybe six reps or something. So
0: yeah, agreed, agreed, one hundred percent. So if you do start prepping this year, have, when when do you think you'll start?
1: Um, well, the the if I was if I'm competing this year, it would look like the first show would be the uh, Grand Prix, and then the Worlds at the end of the year. But I still don't know what's happening. Um, like towards the worlds and things. Obviously, we're hoping that things are going to be back to normal. Um, but what's going to happen with like all this fucking vaccine passport things and all this? If that's going to go ahead, like fingers crossed, it doesn't. But um, that would be the case. But then at the same time, I've also got in my head, why don't I just take this year and have it like a successful year of putting as much food in as possible? Like I've got to also remember that I am only like I've just turned twenty three, so. If I even still take a year, I'll only be twenty four by the time I'm competing. Um, like so, there's loads of things going through my head, man. That's like
0: you've got to, you've got to almost think like who, who have you got to beat next? Yeah, like obviously, obviously you've won a pro Grand Prix, which is <laughs> just ridiculous, and I'm sure that that hasn't even set in yet. No, but I, absolutely. I know, I know what you're like, and you'll want to win a pro Grand Prix against the best. You'll want to win a program pre against people who have won program prees and world titles, you know. <laughs> so um, I think I think that's got to be a strategy, hasn't it? It's just like who mm-hmm. who are you going up against next? And it looks like David might be competing this year. Yeah. And obviously, you know, how old's David now? Like early thirties. He's
1: I, I believe he's ten years older than me. Yeah. So
0: yeah, early
1: thirties. 33, 30, I think maybe something like that. I think it's just, anyway.
0: It's just you know, like it's these things like that that you know. It's hard as you work, like yeah, I to be honest, I, I think you know putting you and David side by side would be f- immense to watch with a ten-year age gap or whatever it will be. But you know, there's some things that you just can't catch up sometimes mm-hmm. without time. Um, that's it. That's it. You know, and um, that was
1: one of the biggest things from the 2019 Worlds to just last year that I was told was the biggest thing that I lost out on was maturity. Um, yeah, I lost. It was like by a few points. Um, at the world's the year before and it was it was just down to maturity so what can you really say to that like that's
0: a good, that's a a good way- thing to lose because you can just keep going
1: <laughs> i'm way to fucking work on my maturity for next year do you know yeah. what i mean it's, it's, you're fucked with that yeah. so definitely
0: the, the thing the thing that the thing that i have in my head as well with you though is, is one thing that does maybe like worry me Is like from a perspective of strength gain, like the progressions you're making at the moment, mate, like, you know, obviously the sky's the limit kind of thing, but don't you think that doing the preps every year has allowed for you to maybe just have a bit more like safety with like joint integrity and things like that? Because obviously you still progressed in a prep and you've maintained a lot of your numbers, but let's face it, if you, if you keep pushing your body weight and you push your food, you're going to ultimately get stronger than you would if you're dieting. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you worry a bit that maybe having like a full year off the strength gain potential might involve more obstacles with niggles and things like that
1: I think it'll be like there's there's there always going to be that kind of bit in the side of your head but I don't know it's not something I've really you know took about that, that much time to think <laughs> about um,
0: yeah.
1: but I think it's be I think mainly it's because as well that I don't obviously I wasn't 100% sure if I'm gonna take the year, or if I am gonna compete this year, kind of thing. Um, but I would also like to delve into a powerlifting meet at some point, um, just to kind of, just to kind of see where I fall. Okay. Um, I think like that would be. Um, I've not got like any interest in like strongman or anything like that kind of thing because I would, I know for that kind of style, I would need to go more into the training because I've never done anything to do with that. Waiters because I already do like a lot of squat bench and deadlift, it would be a case of like maybe auto-regulating some of the stuff that I do with it, like primarily that, but I don't really know when um, them kind of competitions of that are going to start happening again, obviously for me to go um, into something like that. But then I've also thought like if I wasn't going to compete in bodybuilding this year, that would also kind of give me a goal to, to, to work towards rather than just having my head, right, I'm on my off-season, I've just got to grow kind of thing. Like, I, I like to also have something to keep, like, track on, whether it's just a lift in the gym or something like that, but it's just, just to kind of keep in it, do you know what I mean? When you've got a prep to look forward to, you are focused for 20-plus weeks regardless. Like, you, you'll you literally eat and shit at the same time every single day, do you know what I mean? it's it When you... Like you'll know how it is when you move on your off season is you go from having this magic goal to like right what's next (laughs) it's only like until you set one so i think that might be something
0: do you think with the the progress you've made over the years that you've just consistently competed is do you think there's something in the natural like rebound post-show that you've capitalized on that very lean body composition pushed up really effectively, dieted down, rinsed and repeat that is maybe slightly more optimal than just continuing to stay in a surplus. Because I know you're very against mini cuts and things like that. So I don't imagine you'd be using many of them if you did take a year off.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely another thing as well, because I always get asked like what my approach is to the like post competition prep. And I have always been like obviously you, you get you get your first show and No matter what anybody says to you, everybody binges after their first show. You know what I mean? But I always remember, like, I did, like, push my food straight away and I maybe was eating a lot of rubbish, but then the more kind of competition preps that I'd done afterwards, I would still push my food to, to, like, high. um, But I always noticed my food getting better and better and better, but I was still able to maintain... lot of calories um as much as like i was still getting a lot of things in like cereal and stuff that are pretty easy calories i was still able to um push it as far as possible and then even like just last year for instance um like by the time christmas came i'd been um what i'd finished competing for like three weeks or something um and obviously a, a lot of people would be against it but my food was sky high like do you know what i mean and fair i i think i was Um, I don't know what I would have been up maybe just over 20 pounds up so like I mean it's 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 not like 30 pounds in a week which everybody knows is possible but I was up like quite a bit straight away kind of thing Um, but that was always going to be the goal anyway um, because I'd like I do believe in the the rebounds of especially being a natural bodybuilder um, I like to get straight into it don't like to fuck about um, but actually the way it's always been.
2: Yeah. So it, the, the sort of three to four week period post-show where you're still fairly lean, mm-hmm. but you're on those extra calories. Like your, your pumps, the sessions are just like unbelievable. Oh, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you sit there and think, I wish I could have this every single time I step in the gym. Oh, and imagine. You get to that sort of six, seven, eight weeks post-show and then it starts to slowly just fade mm. off and then it's just become another another week, another session getting it done sort of thing. Um, back to what you are saying about, you know, spending, like even we spoke about this AJ, like realistically, you know, I've spent two year off season, AJ did two year off season before. I sit here now and I think like, do you really need to take that much time off? Um, is mm-hmm. it beneficial? And obviously from just seeing Keith, your progress year upon year and you compete every single year, it just goes to show that you can make progress and still have a, a smaller off season and something which I've, I've kind of got myself into over this past sort of six months or so is I kind of felt a little bit lost after a year of gaining. I'm in a position where it's just like the same old sort of stuff. There's not really much going on, not really much to do. And obviously, you know, I, I, not for like a power lifting me or anything like that. That's probably nothing I would do. So I haven't really got anything to focus on. And that's kind of where I lose my way a little bit. Is is really deep into those off seasons where I I, I lose that focus and that drive to continue doing this sort of same same old sort of stuff. So I, I do I do I, I am starting to question as to whether these extended off seasons that a lot of us a lot of us recommend is the, is the way forward through doing that. So I can uh, yeah honestly um, I'm thinking about it. I'm think, I really am thinking about it. It's, it's uh. What, what do you think on that, Kiefer? Do you feel like for yourself, could you ever take? Obviously, what if you want my to? I mean, my opinion on what you should do now, going into the pro ranks, is obviously that pro ranks is is a step up. Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't know if you've ever taken like a full year or even two years off. Do you think that would benefit you in terms of when you next stand on the state a pro stage? Do you feel like? that will benefit you more or do you reckon you could still do what you have been doing for the past four or five years now competing and, you know, going to the pro ranks and have no problems at all. Do you still think that you can progress just as well or taking that extra year might take you to that next level in terms of where you need to be in the pro ranks? Because I'm sure you're not going to want to, I'm sure you don't want to compete and just be a number. You want to go there and fucking win. and um, You've seen the BNBF boys and you know how, how, especially the pro shows, I've watched a few myself and, you know, they are next level. What what, what would you reckon in terms of, I know i waffled there, but what's your plan there with regards to that?
1: I th- I think the, like, the biggest difference now is, like, my age, I know that I need to, um, like, I know the, the muscle maturity is going to come and that's what I've got to think about. But I I think if I was, like, 29, 30, then now I would be more inclined to take that extra time off because I know I think I know things would be a lot a lot slower um, but at the same time like obviously the muscle maturity would be more than like there depending on obviously how long I had trained but I think with my age now that's one of the biggest things that's most concerning and I don't want to get back on stage and I don't want it to be a case of um you lost out because this person and that person's got um, eight to ten years on you do you know what I mean I don't want to lose out on that if that's the case then I will take a year and I'll try and obviously bring like a lot more the, the older I get, obviously the, the more beneficial it's going to be for me. But at the same time, I don't think I could take um, two years off. I think max would be a year and then I will go for it kind of thing. Um, and then again, it'll be seen where, you know what I mean? I stand with obviously the, the bigger ones. Like I, I'm Dave, Dave K for instance, is the one that, everybody I think do you know what I mean it's like he's like the main man when it comes to obviously the pro grand prix do you know what I mean he's like the, ugh, I, would, I would love to stand on stage next to Dave um, and, and see what it was like and obviously compete against him and that but at the same time I want to also know that I am um, going to be a threat I don't just want to like you said I don't just want to stand on and and it be a case of oh do you know what I mean like obviously I, I got to compete within um the program pre when I won my pro card last year, but I don't want to just be a case of like, oh, it's like his he's gonna be up against this guy, this guy, this guy. Do you know what I mean? It's gonna it'll be good to see him up against it. I want it to be a case of right, this is gonna be a good fucking lineup. do you know what I mean? And I want to be in that lineup. I don't just want to be do you know what I mean? It's like you want it all, you yeah. want to be first call out. You want to be like you want people to be eyes on you. That's the thing. And I, I think because of that, um it's why I also need to take into consideration, right, I'm 23, can, like, would I get more out of going straight in or would I get more out of maybe taking an extra six months off-season and then going in while I'll only be 24? Do you know what I mean? It's so mm. much, man. This It's like up here is, like, completely fried with just ideas and, <laughs> and yeah. like, all these conspiracies and that. it's just the thing
2: is addicting it's fucking addicting i love love the process behind it you know i I could easily try and do that at least two three times a year i could easily go through those stages but realistically i'm not going to get much out of doing that it is i must admit it is um addicting yeah that's the only that's literally what i'm thinking about you i'm thinking would it be more beneficial if you took a year out and come back you know next year for example and have a good attempt at a pro show and see where you're at knowing that you've done a you know a year off or go for it this year see where you are and you know make that decision in terms of right okay the feedback i need more muscle to in order i need more maturity i'm going to take a year off you know it's, it's mm-hmm. quite a, it's quite a difficult one to pick at the moment in terms of just i don't know i'm sure you you know exactly what you're going to be doing but I'd that's a bit of a, a pickle question for me to answer if I was you. That's for sure. I think, I um, think go again. Yeah. I, I,
0: I must have <laughs> oh. again. That's not, like gen- genuinely, I, it, I, th- I think <laughs> you, should wait, you should wait until the start point of where you'd normally be beginning prep. Hence oh. why I ask you that question first. And I think you should just do what you normally do. Think about how much progress you've made in the gym and if you've made the progress that you've made in comparison to other off-seasons, like similar progress, which I think you definitely have, strip it off and see what happens again because I think you'll come down with, with more muscle yet again. And I think you'll be that, that extra little bit closer to the likes of Dave and, and things like that with maturity. And then you can use this year as a proper set point for, okay, where the fuck am I in a you know, full lineup? Let's say we have a you know a more... You know, let's say you have more seasoned pros there. Um, and uh, then you can realistically say, okay, right, I maybe do need a whole year. And then you do take that whole year the next one. But um, that's what I think, at least. Should we rate some lists?
2: Let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> I thoroughly really enjoyed it last week. Thank you for everyone that's been posting and tagging. Themselves in uh in some of the form oh we're
1: start- starting
0: here Keith oh
1: <laughs> uh, what what I left to start
0: <laughs> Miss, Mr Bastic actually sent this in for your uh for your personal review <laughs> so you'll go first Keith mate yeah
1: <laughs> anything that Dan posts I have literally like I just said like what the fuck do you know what I mean it's like same <laughs> I, I do believe that he's actually um I don't is well or whether they say January twenty seventh. Because yes. did he not go through a phase? Um, I don't know. I think he was working with somebody. I don't know if he yes. was working with Jordan. Um he,
0: he's, he's, is, he was working with Cuba. he was working with Jordan, then he worked with Cuba, and now he's working with Sass. With Sass, I think the training's a little different. I think he's doing most of his pulls towards the end. With Cuba, I think he was only allowed to pull like once every 10 days or something because right. um the fatigue was 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 climbing so quickly. Um this obviously is seven plate. Seven plate stiff leg for four, which I think was, you know, I think Jordan pulled like stiff, like I think he pulled like a, a triple or something with it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think I think Dan purposely tried to get four or something.
1: <laughs> He's literally just picking it up, like yeah. There's no other way about it. He's just picking it up.
2: Yeah. Keithy, I've got a question for you in terms of like eccentric control on on any sort of like hip hinge like stiff leg. What where where? Where what would what would you say about them? Would you say obviously Dan's, you know, the thing I would critique is is I have no right to critique it anyway, but I would say maybe a little bit more control on those eccentrics. Like, what's your thoughts on eccentric control eccentrically controlling the deadlift? Do you think it serves a purpose? Is it a must? Or do you feel, for example, like I've seen a lot of the tap and go stuff that you do? Do you feel like in terms, especially from a bodybuilding standpoint, is that better than would you rather do the tap and go instead of controlling the eccentric or would you rather both or what's your thoughts on that in general i
1: would i, I like don't get me wrong I'm a fan of both but i would only look to more so control my eccentrics if i was doing like a, a step like I do most of my stuff like deads out of a rack and I won't touch the floor kind or of anything so because of that like say for instance i do a pause in the hole i will be more inclined to like control the eccentric or that rather than doing like a touch and go um, I don't do much like I don't do much dead stop stuff. Um, I think again if like the only way I look at it is depending what sort of rep range I'm going for as well. I I always think about like the kind of fatigue ratio of that. Like if I am um controlling the eccentric too much and I lose out on like two reps because I've done that. Whereas if say for instance I'm doing like a dead stop, um, I will just get the weight to the floor, um. Not like I'll, I'll I wouldn't deliberately like slam it on the floor or anything, but I will control the weight to the floor, but just to the point where all like the all tension's gone, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Just so I don't fuck myself that much. But like I said, like with stiff leg deads, I don't often do stiff legs, um, like pulling off the floor. I've always really been one to to come out of a rack and. Um, like pause just before the floor and obviously bring it back up. But at that that would really be the only way that I would control the eccentric a bit more just because of if I let it go, it's touching if it's hitting the floor. Do you know what I mean?
2: So I Matt. I, I I when I'm thinking about it now, when I get towards the end of the set and I'm controlling the eccentrics, that's where I find I massively overthink it and break down just trying to control those eccentrics. And I'm thinking, you know, I've had a decent six reps beforehand may is is it okay to, for the last two to be slightly sloppier just to get maybe an extra couple I don't know um I've been thinking about that lately because I do break down and massively confuse not confuse myself but just overthink okay eccentric 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 and then then all of a sudden my hips are higher than what they should be my back's rounding
0: a lot more because the the eccentric's just overtaking it a little bit I don't know um, i spend I spend too much time at the top and that's what That's what we, when I sent my sets to you, Keith, when I was deadlifting, I just, I spent way too much time at the top, like trying to set up for my eccentric. So obviously Uh
1: Uh I
0: always set my, I set up at the top of my deadlifts. So I like set my brace there and I was just spending too much time. And by the the time I hit the floor, you know, my my head was about to explode and i just spent too much time with an isometric hold with, you know, my my, my top set. Keith, is there anything that that Dan can improve here?
1: I, I genuinely... Um, like, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a, a one to step like dead off the floor. Um, but I wouldn't I, I genuinely like not even being a sucker, not even sucking up Dan's arse. Um, I think Abraham was ideal in that 100%. He's
0: got a, a decent, decent back to, to go with it as well, decent yeah, glutes as well. Funnily enough, from all these pulls,
1: I'm looking for is it. Dan was was his plans not to compete, um, or get back on stage anyway? Is that still happening?
0: I think he's getting back on stage this year. Yeah, I think so. That'll so be that, interesting to see. That'll be exciting. 100%. Um, right? Should we should we do some more deadlifts? Because Keith's the king of the deadlifts. so let's let's oh, try shit. and take a few deadlifts. So we'll take your Jordan Fletch. So obviously his name's Jordan, I imagine. Two <laughs> <laughs> by for a set of seven. Make sure you watch it all the way through, Keith. Break it down. (laughs)
2: It's kind of awkward when it goes quiet, isn't it? We're all just sitting here trying to think Mm -hmm. about what to say. Awkward. (laughs) Oh. So go on, Keith, you go first, mate, in terms of feedback as you're the deadlift king buff.
1: Again, it's like, I think he was doing that belt as well. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's like, it's one of the things like on a deadlift, whenever you you see a lot of people looking down on a deadlift kind of thing, but mm. they, once they get to the top, they're still looking down kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I feel as if I look down for a full deadlift, my shoulder, my chest will just dip and my shoulders will round to the point where you'll lose especially if you're doing it like beltless don't get me wrong if you're using a belt you can still breathe really hard and 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 stay like nice and tight but if my chest dips I'll lose all like form of tightness and it'll just feel horrendous so like I I don't know like you see like from the floor like now still looking down still looking down until like the very top kind of thing I would probably start looking um up a lot quicker than that just because of what I said like if your chest dips your shoulders um your shoulders are going forward anyway and, and if, if that's the case that's all you're pulling with um but apart from that it was really like don't get me wrong that there, there was still a lot of tightness uh, maintained up until the last couple of reps here um
0: yeah. but would you would you say the hitching towards the end is any anything you can do to improve that hitch because mm, it's a hard a one because like
1: yeah like probably just i'm i i'm obviously the last person to be able to say much about hitching like don't get me wrong some of my um, lifts have became a bit smoother now, leading up to the end because I used to do quite a bit of it, especially in my last couple of reps. But I think because it is only the last couple, like to get the lockout, yeah. that's that's like okay by me. Um, I would probably rather like I, because obviously I'm a big fan of deadlifts. I would rather see that rather than thinking you see a lot of people think about it too much and they will get to the point where they might start hitching and they'll just drop it as if it's not there kind of thing. Um, when the reality is most of the work's been done, so just fucking lock it out and get rid of it. Do you know what I mean? Don't just bail it just because it's starting to get to a, a bit of a sticky point. Um, it's always a hard part, the lockout. Um,
2: I massively struggle with a lockout. Uh, you do, George, a- don't you, man? I used to, not as much anymore. I still do. It's still a week apart for me, but yeah, just getting it above the knee, getting off the floor initially is is a lot easier, but that sort of above the knee sort of portion is where I struggle massively. Um, so yeah, I've I, I, like I said, I've just been doing a lot more glute work, just strengthening my glutes um, because even though they they have been a stronger point of my physique, they actually aren't strong in terms of physically strong. And that's where I break down in these deadlifts and stuff. So I actually, um, one thing that's helped me is just doing one set of, uh, the nautilus glute drive machine. I do that actually before my hip hinges now. And let me tell you, when I finish my stiff legs at the moment, I, I still, I, I get a little bit of a, a glute pump from it. So I can tell that it's working. Um, so I'm going to continue doing it for as long as I can. And my numbers are going up from doing that. So something might, something like that might be worth doing if, if people are struggling to knock out, um, Above the knee, adding a bit more glute work beforehand, for example. Even just activating them before doing the set. Don't necessarily need to be actually doing some glute work. Think, do I you think do it's... any
1: sort of things like rat pulls or anything?
2: Uh, no, it doesn't. I'm not a big yeah. fan of rat pulls,
0: I must no. admit. I'm not a big fan of them. And I'm sure, AJ, you agree on that. Like, uh, Yeah, I think the cross transfer to the lockout and the deadlift, if you're really trying to bring up your pulls, obviously there's benefit there, but... From a bodybuilding standpoint, I think there are better exercises mm-hmm. with a larger range and less <clears throat> less fatigue for more range. So, if I will,
2: if I was to rack pull, I'd pull from mid shin. I wouldn't go. Yeah, mid mid shin, definitely mm-hmm. yeah. ideal. I see a lot of people do it. I mean, Keith, I've seen you you pull pretty much from with your rack pulls. You pull about from knee height, don't you? Or just I would pull of-
1: like I would pull from either just under the knee to knee height. I would never pull um over. Um, the near end i just know, there's i don't see anything from that um but i would i would look towards like um on just under the knee to to knee height and that would be it um the way it kind of falls like the very bottom of the rack I like to be on the floor always and the unfortunate part about like the rack is where the very bottom part of where you put the crash bars is like maybe just under my knee um so it would be a case of if I wanted it a little bit lower, I would need to stand on a plate or something like that. And I just feel too awkward whenever I'm standing on um, a plate. That's why I actually introduced um, block pools for a few sessions, but I just I couldn't stay over the bar. I was wanting to pull the bar back.
2: Yeah. The problem with being fucking short, you got to stand on... I can't stand on <laughs> plate. Oh, mate. Like, I look like a twat stand on like three bumper plates because I'm fucking five foot six. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'd rather do it, you know, I'd rather do a pull off the floor. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> one Definitely. one thing to wrap up that deadlift set as well, like one thing that I would comment on is I just thought the eccentric control was really, really nice across the whole set. I thought yeah. as, a, as a bodybuilding style deadlift, that was really, really nice. If we want to call it a bodybuilding style deadlift, you know, like basically creating the maximum chance for hypertrophy from that set. You know, it was, it was, it was a nice set. You create a lot of, a lot of mechanical tension there. Um, you notice the
1: connection with the lats as well was there from start to finish.
0: Yeah, it was locked in. Uh It just looked, it just looked nice, just looked pleasing. So that's what I was gonna say. It
2: just just looked like someone who's just got a good deadlift and it's nice to look at. You know, some people just move so well within that move in that movement pattern that it just looked really good. So uh, I'd rate that I'd let's do some ratings with these because we actually don't okay. The deadlift, yeah. I'd give that you know a solid eight, eight and a half. That's generous, jeez.
0: That's, I'd that's say the, I'd say eight's a very very good lift. So, I I would say oh, I'd say eight. I'd say eight as well. I'll go with an eight. I'll go with an eight. Yeah. What would you say, Keith?
1: I'm gonna to have to go for an eight because he um, never lifted his head quick enough.
0: <laughs> There'd be a Plus, ten if he if he lifted the head.
1: If it, if the if the head was up, it would have been a ten. <laughs> <laughs> if
2: anyone's lifting more than you, Keithy, you will give them a ten. You yeah, can't, give yeah. day, can they? <laughs> can't give anyone a ten if they're not doing the same weight as you or more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we're watching Quinn's leg press now, which I believe is Jordan's training partner, or at least sometimes. So oh, we can't. Keithy, can you see it?
1: No, I can't see it. It's in the videos, playing in picture and picture.
0: Oh shit! Sorry, guys. Oh no, can wait, that's see... it now. Can you see yeah, it now? Is yeah. it big enough? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you try and expand? Yeah, there we go. It,
2: it, oh, there can we you go. still see it? Yeah, yep. it's big enough. Okay. It's Fantastic. Smaller photos just too too small.
0: Okay.
1: Has he got wraps on?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Okay, so that's one mark off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That just being a gun.
0: He's maybe got knee issues. Yeah. But then again, you'd, you'd question as to why you want to put the band-aid over the knee issue. i said the only time I've ever
2: got a quad injury was actually using uh, wraps. Mm. That's the only time I've ever had a quad injury. Um, I just want to see that wrap again. So where's feet? Feet are quite, uh, I'd no, say yeah, quite narrow. I think that also, if if you're looking to recruit a lot of quad on this, I'd I'd say, you know, that you need to put your feet a little bit lower because when you look at mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. knee flexion you get in there, it's probably more glute hamstring based.
0: This um, is this a, is this a side bet? What what leg press is this? Is this uh, it's a it's an off brand. It's one in Dubai. I'm I'm not sure, what it, 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 it it's just a typical 45 degree leg press. I don't actually know the brand of this one. It looks like just a you know an off brand. Um, shall I make some comments first and then we'll go from there? Yeah. Sure. Cool. All right. So. I think, first of all, for a leg press, what, some of the things we see go wrong so often is just no one's loading up the eccentric. No one's loading up the quads on the way down. We're just taking it down with the gravity of the sled, and that's it. But Quinn does a really good job at, like, you can see, like, even just in his, like, facial expressions and the way he's sort of setting up the brace, that he's really, really loading the quads. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a mistake that I always make, even myself, is I just... I find myself cutting range by bringing my body to my knees rather than knees to my body, you know? So I like I tuck in like this and I pull myself, pull myself to my knees and, and you can see Quinn's obviously done this here because his his head position started a little bit further back and then it sort of brought a little bit further towards him as he comes down. So his head positions changed. So I just say, just keep your head in one place. Um, I don't think your head needs to be all the way back here, lying flat on the machine, but I'd, just, I'd like to see it a little bit further back so that he could get his knees a bit further back, um, as long as that doesn't compromise his lower back, which I don't think it would, to be honest. I think he could get a bit more without compromising the lower back. Um, I like the fact that he's keeping his knees pretty soft at lockout, like he's not fully extending, which is another problem we see on the on the leg presses is that uh, you, you take pretty much most of the tension away from the quads at the top but just completely locking out. Another way to potentially stop that tension from being lost is, is banding it so top banding it so we create a bit more tension up there. I find that helps me keep my knees soft at the top and then obviously he took it to a very very good level of intensity. that's one four strep. I'm pretty sure he goes for another. That's the second four strep and then he racks. So I'd say, you know, one or two four reps is, is applicable as long as you've got spotters that you trust and a machine that you feel safe on. And yeah, just to cover the knee, knee wraps. I just, I'd personally ask him for the rationale behind using the knee wraps, um, yeah. as opposed to using knee sleeves, especially on a leg press. Now I maybe get it for like a, you know, if you're trying to really chase down a big, big number on, on squats, potentially you want to, get some rebound out of the the wraps but i would say that you might lose a little bit of tissue that you potentially build around that knee joint sort of you know vmo you tend to see people with really thick vmos that don't really use much on their knees um but then again if you've got knee issues and these help then fair play um what do you think what do you think george you take it and then we'll go for keith
2: Yeah, I I must admit, like, when I'm watching it now, the the head position that you mentioned about, like, some of the reps, he's actually pushing his head back. And uh, actually, I had, like, that, for example, that rep there. I actually had a client once who strained the back when doing that, moving their head too much. Um, So I would say, like AJ said, just stick to sort of one position with it, either. I I mean, I must admit, like, I've tried to put my head back But when you have like 10 plates each side on a leg press, it's fucking hard to keep that head back in that sort of position. You know, I'm very leaning forward after a while. So I would stick to just leaning forward. You know, I've never injured myself. I had any problems there from doing that. But yeah, in in general, I don't like, just by knowing what happened to a client once and he strained, he was, you know, he couldn't leg press for about six weeks because of it. Just because he was moving about. Um, So again, you know, just staying a little bit, maybe locked in in terms of your upper body. Um, that's what I would say to add to what everyone else has said.
0: Other than that, you know. Six set though. Yeah, 100%. Keith, anything to add? I know that we've covered a lot.
1: Yeah, I I like going towards like the positioning of his upper body. I think really it's just because like looking where, when you're on racket, where the handles are to hold on to, they do look very far away, which I yeah. think that because he's trying to, like i know that i've seen a lot of people have actually had somebody behind them pushing them down to keep them like nice and tight um i think what he's trying to do is he's trying to remain tight by holding onto them and it just so happens that they are quite far away to the point where it is bringing his upper body a little bit what you could say too much over and um, because it could slightly be hindered maybe like a half an inch an inch extra that he could get if he was back a little bit more um but apart from that i would really just it would be interesting to to see why he uses the the wraps um I don't know I've never really been a a big a favor of using wraps on a leg press really just because of I would just kind of have the fear of maybe not getting um like a little bit of hindrance on depth kind of thing but really that was it
2: I find when I wear knee wraps on a on a leg press I get disgusting calf cramps that I cannot complete the set without mm-hmm. like my, my calves cramp quicker than what my quads do so um i, I struggle to do that to be fair my Especially gym actually,
1: if they are on tight yeah
2: yeah what i was going to say with the handle situation my gym actually has these handles that you put over the actual handles so you've got right. like a couple of inches high I, I actually use them they do work really well um might be if, if people i don't know if they sell them online i'm sure they do somewhere um but actually they have helped massively to just they're just little hooks that you put over that they have extra handles on them but it's about that further up compared to the original handle it it's the exact same but it just allows you especially if you've got short arms like like me it allows you just to kind of lock in a little bit hey barney let's watch barney one of my clients barney's when barney started with me he i can't remember how many what he was doing in terms of rdl um, he, he wasn't, he was doing literally half of this about a year ago. Um, That's mega, so he's came very far. You know, we he spent, I think, I think we've been working together 60, 69 weeks now, 68 weeks, and throughout that, he, he's just been in the game phase. Um, he hasn't dieted once yet because he's been Sick. on such a good run with everything that he's doing. I sit here and think, why am I going to stop this? Just keep going, keep going until mm. something breaks, change it. The only thing I as as a coach, um, this is what I've given back to him. Some of the reps you might notice a little bit too much knee flexion. Um, these like overextend, like a hyper at the top. Yeah. Not a big fan of, of that, I must admit. Like I've just told him just come up to a neutral sort of position. Um, but one thing I want people to remember, he, he, and you know, I'll say this: Barney's still very much in his early lifting days, so he's still got plenty more to, to learn and he, he's doing a fantastic job. He's listened and repeat, rinse and repeat everything that I've said, um, and he's getting there. So,
0: yeah, um, good man. Feel free to add to it, Keith. I'll let you. I'll let you take some some feedback on this.
1: I think like like USA named. Obviously, he is still in these early days of lifting and things like that. But I would I I believe all it is is just a little bit too much knee flexion. But even at that, the only you. you you can only really get better at that by getting stronger because the only reason that that's happening is because of fatigue. Reality is he's getting a bit tired nearer. It is only happening at the end of his set. Like he's, um, I, I think that's really it. But again, like I was just saying, that's really just down to fatigue at the end of his set. I mean, what he's doing, one forty kilo. Um, he doesn't look the heaviest, so I, I, yeah, I believe that'll be. Yeah, so oh I never even fucking seen that. Um, <laughs> I mean it's still a, 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 a big weight to to be doing um, and obviously being quite in his early days still. Um yeah. no it was a really good set. I think it was a really good set. That's really the only thing I could comment on. Um overextending at the top, I, again depends how long you're there for. Um but like you were saying, George, um coming up to as far as you need to, um, S really all you need. Um, I but
0: again, I mean, he's only
1: going to really get better at that.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I like I said, I was just going to say, I just don't think it provides any sort of additional benefit at all. If anything, yeah. I just think it applies a bit more of a risk sometimes when you are extending that far back with a heavy loading in your hands. I just yeah. don't believe it's worth doing it. Some people find squeeze a lower back sort of thing. I don't, I don't do any of that
0: shit. I don't believe in any of that squeezing and shit. It's an injury risk more than anything else. Yeah. But, um, absolutely. yeah, just to cap that off, obviously, you guys pretty much covered most of the things. The main thing was the knee flexion. But for me, just keep it up. He sounds like he's doing a mint job. So,
2: i proud it up. of him. I'm really proud of him.
0: We'll take one more and then we'll, uh, we'll leave it for this week. So I think we're yeah. at an hour and a bit. Well, so fun. I think we've got more RDLs or yeah these are similar like rdls almost a stiff leg yeah well I,
2: I i would i mean it's hard to comment on what we're trying to do here because if i was saying if he's trying to do a deadlift then i'd say well your hips too high then if it's a stiff leg then i say that's fine but isn't an rdl because yeah. it's not touching the floor on some reps i'm slightly confused as to which one
0: what he's directly going he, for here he hasn't hold on so he's, is he t- he's touching the floor on some of the reps.
1: and some of them, yeah. And
0: then he's not on the others. So my definition of an RDL is about mid-shin. Yeah. And then my definition of a stiff leg is we're taking it all the, all the way to the floor. Um, and obviously, as a result of that, the hip angle is going to change slightly. Um, but for an RDL, if we keep all the reps just about where he's starting off here... I'd say I'd say it's a pretty solid set to be honest. I'd say the range is decent. I'd say the controls looking good. I'd like to see, I'd like to see a little bit more upper back tightness and a little bit more central control towards the end because you can see maybe he's got like that whole approach of having a number in his head. He said mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm, set today mm-hmm. which I was happy with, um, yeah. which maybe suggests that the session overall was maybe starting off a bit poor. So that then he tried to play catch up and just ran the eccentrics a little too fast, as we all do. I think we've all been there and done that. Play tried to play catch up on a poor session. Um, and to be honest, towards the end of the set, even though the eccentrics are speeding up, I'm sure Keith will agree with this. I think he has more, I think you have more in you, mate. Um, I think the last rep looks so similar to like some of the first reps. The only difference was the eccentrics started to get sped up um i don't know why you're wearing that as well like that doesn't look like it's not that's just not doing any any favors at all i think it looks very just, high it looks like it looks like it's like just below his like sternum mm-hmm. so like you know when james holland said does the two belts yeah, and he puts yeah. one belt <laughs> up
2: here and he puts one, but it looks like that a little
0: bit it looks like the top belt mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's my like,
0: feedback. What, what about what about you, Keith? What do you think?
1: I think as well. Like obviously, getting getting closer to the end of the set, it just looks like like it, it goes from the start of this. Don't get me wrong. Like this is going to come down to fatigue as well. But at the same time, I think um, as much as it just got to the point where he, it just looked like he was moving the bar up and down. Mm. Um, it didn't look like it was getting hard as in from like a strength point of view. But it looked like it, it like had maybe lost connection with, say for instance, he was doing a stiff leg dead. It just looked like the back his back was just lifting it up and down kind of thing in one motion. Um, but I think what he would potentially get more out of is maybe increasing the weight and dropping the reps because obviously it looks like he's, he's maybe had like a, a, a number of reps in his head that he's just wanted to hit. And even when he's maybe lost connection, he's still had that number in his head and he's just yeah. went for it kind of thing, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, um, but. Outside of that, it it does look like a decent set. Like, say, if if he's doing um, like these kind of first few, anyways, like they look nice and tight, and he is very much staying over the bar. Mm. Um, so
0: yeah, yeah, George, anything to add? Yeah, very, I
2: just, yeah, I think it's a very solid set. I'd say, you know, get rid of the belt. Um, especially, you know, you, you look fairly long from what I can see here, so just. Continue, continue filming your sessions, continue analyzing what you are doing and see the, the the beauty of filming yourself, especially when you're young and you don't have much training experience is because you learn so much. Like I remember when I first recorded myself, I look, it looked completely different to what I visualized in my head. And this is where you learn and believe it or not, you, know, you might look back at this and go, fuck, I had one more, but next time you will make sure that you will get that next rep. So that's, that's all I'd have to say about that is just continue filming yourself, mate. And you'll learn a lot from, from, from seeing that. That's for sure. Mm. But yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely.
0: On that note, I think we'll finish up for this week. Cause I'm sure Keith's got meals to eat. George, you've probably got meals to eat. Do? And um, yeah, funnily enough, so have I. We're all bodybuilders, <laughs> eh?
1: <Yeah. laughs> <Don't> Forgot <laughs> that actually.
0: <laughs> all, all right. Was, well, well, um, thank you guys as always for using the hashtag thank you very much keith for joining us again we'll have thank keith you for having me on, on we'll have keith on as many times as we can this year give us a little bit of a catch up on what he's doing whether it's powerlifting bodybuilding whatever i'm sure we will be up to exciting stuff and we'll we'll keep going with the the rate of lift so if you've got any uh, any sets that you want observed by ourselves then please tag i'm sure there'll be an influx on april 12th and uh one more episode and and then we'll be there guys so Looking forward to it. All right, chat soon.